Welcome, my flourishing friends, to episode number 33. In today's episode, we are in search of the low plastic life. We know there are a lot of environmental issues associated with plastic, and we are going to get into some simple ways that we can reduce plastic in our day-to-day lives. I've got some really great innovative products to also tell you about that can help to replace plastics in our homes. It's exciting. Let's dive in. I'm Christina Hunter, and you are listening to the Live Well Green podcast, all about sustainable well-being and green living. We explore how to do what is good for the planet and for ourselves in order to truly flourish. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to mention that this coming Friday, there is a live seminar that I am holding on safe and environmentally friendly toiletries. Everything from antiperspirants to toothpaste, moisturizer, sunscreen, and more. Head on over to my website to sign up for the live seminar happening this Friday. I would love to see you there. The question that we are dealing with today is, why is plastic such a big problem in terms of environmental issues and even human health? And what can we do to reduce our plastic use in our day-to-day lives? And I'll tell you, I have found myself at one point in time staring at the Christmas decorations, debating on and on for an inordinate amount of time about which Christmas wreath to buy. Well, it's because the vast majority of them on the shelf were all plastic, and I didn't feel that I had time to make one out of live branches every year. So there I was looking for a Christmas wreath, but the plastic was everywhere. Well, in the end, I did find one made out of pine cones on a metal frame, and that really worked for me, and I still have that one today. But it can be really, really challenging to find products that we want that are not made with plastic. And we know that this plastic can be so incredibly damaging, especially to the environment and to seabirds, whales, marine mammals, and all kinds of other wildlife that gets entangled and unfortunately consumes that plastic. It was back in March of 2019, off the Gulf of Davo, where a young male whale was seen to be listless and dying. And sure enough, once it had died, a necropsy was done on its body. It was found that this was a young male curvier beaked whale, and it had died of starvation and dehydration, but it had over 88 pounds of plastic in its gut. And in that necropsy, they found 16 rice bags, 
numerous plastic bags, as well as snack packages, nylon rope, and on and on in terms of plastic that was clogging up its intestinal system. And it was hard and compacted, and this young whale died of starvation with its gut full and clogged with plastic. And this is just one of the many stories that we hear of whales, marine mammals, seabirds, and other organisms dying due to plastic ingestion or entanglement. In fact, UNESCO, the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, estimates that 100,000 marine mammals die each year due to plastic pollution. Now, how did we get here? Why did we get to such a point of so much plastic in our environment? There are an estimated 300 million tons of plastic produced every year, and at least 8 million tons of that ends up in our oceans. And this is really a huge portion of marine debris now. It's making up about 80% of all marine debris is plastic. And unfortunately, it's been found on all shorelines of every continent on Earth. This plastic pollution is a huge threat to food safety and quality, as well as to the ecosystem functioning, and even to human health, in addition to the enormous problem that it poses for coastal tourism and the contribution, of course, to climate change with the use of these plastics. Now, we have to remember where plastics come from. Plastics are made from fossil fuels. This production of petroleum-based plastics has accelerated dramatically ever since the 1950s. Right now, half of all the plastics ever manufactured have been made in the last 15 years. Can you imagine? That is an incredibly steep acceleration of plastic production. And it's estimated that total plastic production will again double by the year 2050. And of our plastic production right now, single-use plastic accounts for about 40% of all that we're producing in a year. 40%. So this is a really, really huge portion of the plastic that's in production and in use. So we really need to rethink what we're using plastic for and the end outcome of where it's ending up. Now, we know we've talked about plastic as being a huge problem. We know that plastic comes from oil, which is, again, another big driver of climate change. In fact, every one liter bottle of pop has used one quarter of a liter of oil. Half of that has been used for fuel and the other half for raw materials. So we have an incredible pressure on climate change and ecosystems due to our use of plastics. We know that millions of animals are killed by plastics every year, and most of those deaths are caused by entanglement or starvation after they ingest these plastics in their diet. Now, when plastics break down due to ultraviolet radiation and even other elements, the wind and water and currents, they can break down these larger pieces of plastic into smaller pieces of plastic called microplastics 
or nanoplastics. And these tiny plastic particles drift through the water and are almost impossible to recover. So it's incredibly important that we think of preventing them from getting into the environment in the first place. These microplastics have been found in so many aquatic species already, including species that we consume. We've even found microplastics in municipal drinking water and in human excrement, which means we are consuming these microplastics. So we really need to pay attention to this. We know recycling is important, but it's just not enough. We know we are not getting enough of our plastics into the recycling stream, and it's not being always truly recycled. You can go back to episode number 16 of this podcast to look at the issues with recycling and how best to tackle the recycling problem. Now, only about 9% of our plastics are actually truly recycled. What can we do about this enormous problem? We have seen an unfortunate increase in the use of the single-use plastics due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And where we have more food being used as takeout and more disposable containers, as well as the use of disposable personal protective equipment, our use of this type of plastic has increased. Now, we really need to pay attention to this because the problem is ever increasing and coming back around to us. So let's start at home with our discussions of how to reduce plastic. How can we look for plastic products that we're currently using and find some non-plastic replacements? They are out there. We can switch to a lower plastic lifestyle. And that doesn't mean just throwing everything away that we have that is plastic, but it does mean reassessing what we do have that's plastic and gradually swapping out items for non-plastic alternatives as they break or get used up. So, what about when making our purchases? How about we start there and consider the lifespan of that product? How long will it last? And can it be fixed or modified for other purposes? Now, sometimes we do need to purchase plastics. When we are purchasing those plastics, can we purchase a plastic that is a long-lived item? So can we use a lunch container that is a plastic, durable container that's high quality that will last for a long time rather than a low-quality one or a disposable single-use one? So that would be one place to start. Can we also think about the other alternatives that are not plastic, using glass or other reusable ceramic containers or metal containers? There are options out there if we look. And I love this quote from Annie Leonard, who is the executive director of Greenpeace in the United States. And she said, there is no such thing as a way. When we throw anything away, it must go somewhere, end of quote. So that is an excellent consideration when we think about purchasing products to use in our day-to-day -day lives. Now, let's look at introducing some non-plastic alternatives around the home. How about in the kitchen? Can we choose 
a silicone, metal, or paper drinking straw rather than a plastic one? These are widely available on the market, and that's what I use now, a silicone one. And what about for shopping bags? We know that the average lifespan of a shopping bag in terms of functionality is about 15 minutes, and yet its lifespan in the environment is much, much longer. And when it does break down, it breaks down into smaller bits of plastic. So this is incredibly harmful. So let's think about using a cloth shopping bag rather than a plastic shopping bag. We also have paper alternatives or no bag at all if you consider bringing your own shopping box or container to bring your groceries home in. Another important consideration here is the garbage bag aspect. And I know a lot of people say, well, I like to use a plastic shopping bag because I use it then as a garbage bag. Now, I do encourage you to look for the alternatives. They are out there. I personally use a cornstarch-based bag for my garbage in the household. It is based on cornstarch and it is entirely compostable. So that means it degrades into not smaller bits of plastic, but into organic material that can go and cycle right back into the environment. And so this is a great alternative. And those non-plastic bags are out there and they are made usually of corn or other organic materials. So that's a great alternative to think about. The other thing that I've seen friends do is to use bags that you wouldn't think of as necessarily being a garbage bag, but using it for garbage because it's a plastic that you couldn't avoid. So if some food item comes in a plastic bag, for example, your uh, frozen berries, for example, come in a Ziploc plastic bag that eventually is emptied and could go in the garbage, what about using that as your garbage bag instead? And so that's another great way to avoid the need for additional plastic bags as garbage bags. There are other alternatives for household use and in the kitchen. When we think of our use of Ziploc bags, that's something that can be replaced by these neat silicone bags that are out there on the market. And I think those are lovely choices. And we also have silicone food covering instead of using plastic wrap for our food. And that's really lovely because, of course, you're not having your food touch the plastic and you're not sending more plastic to the landfill. We can also try using beeswax wraps to cover our food in the fridge. And that's just where a regular piece of fabric, usually cotton, has been impregnated with beeswax to treat it. And it becomes sticky with itself and is a really handy covering. And I use those in my kitchen as well. And then, of course, we can always turn to the historical alternatives to plastic, what we did before we had all of this plastic on the market. Well, we used glass jars or metal tins and all kinds of other ceramic containers or just a regular ceramic dish from the cupboard to store our items in. And that works as well. So I encourage you to think about those alternatives. 
Now, let's look at plastic in our bathrooms. Usually, that is when we have all kinds of plastic containers for our toiletries. The soap and the shampoo and conditioner and so on will most often come in plastic bottles. Well, guess what? There are alternatives here as well. There are bars of shampoo and bars of soap and even bars of conditioner that have no plastic container or wrapping. So these are really great alternatives and they're available online through a variety of different shops. And that's what I use for washing my hair is a shampoo bar. So I don't have the shampoo bottle to contend with. And this is a great alternative and I absolutely love the shampoo that I get as a bar. It also reduces the fossil fuels associated with transporting the liquid shampoo or liquid body wash, right? Which is heavier than the denser bar form. So that's a nice alternative. And then we can just think about using a washcloth rather than a plastic loofah. We can replace our disposable razors with reusable metal ones that last. And even the toothbrush has an alternative. There are great bamboo toothbrushes on the market, which are also easy to find, usually in the natural health food stores or online. Now, let's not forget the plastic that is in our clothes closet. Many clothing items are also made from plastics, and it's been shown that plastics do shed from these clothes as they are washed. So it's an important consideration here. Try to think about introducing more natural fibers into your wardrobe when you do need to replace your clothes, and look for cotton or wool the next time you need to purchase new items. Or if you are purchasing things that tend to be plastic, let's look for recycled or reused materials, vintage jewelry, recycled plastic jewelry, and other secondhand options are great alternatives to avoid bringing new plastic into your household. Now, let's not forget this situation of going out of the home and having to get plastic with our food and beverages. This is a really big problem. And really, it can be solved very easily with a little bit of planning. Just keeping a water bottle on hand in your purse at all times, or in your backpack, or at your desk at work can be incredibly useful. You'll always have it available to fill up with tap water. And that is a great and environmentally friendly alternative. We also should be thinking about just lugging our mug, right? Bring a mug with you if you know you're going to be going out for coffee. I always kept a few of those reusable mugs in my office at the university so I could bring one for me and for a colleague if they needed one too. And then the other nice thing about doing that is not only does it cut down on the waste associated with those single-use products for takeaway coffee and so on, it also communicates a message to people around us and it shows that this is the norm. This is something that we can and should be doing and you often will get a discount on your coffee if you bring a reusable mug. So that's a great alternative. Now, what about takeout food? It seems like it's not possible to change that system, right? Well, guess what? It is. 
we can bring our non-disposable containers to a restaurant to fill up with our takeout food. I do it all the time. It involves just going there and telling them that you need to do that when you place your order and having that container available with you. It's easy to do and it cuts down on so much waste because a lot of that packaging is actually not recyclable. So this is a really big source of concern. Now, if you're having your food delivered to your door, you would have to also look for that when you place your order, asking what sort of takeout containers they use. Many restaurants are using non-plastic food containers. There are some that are available that are made of cornstarch or made of paper and cardboard. So those are great options to look for. So certainly thinking about that as you place your order is a really important thing to do and an ethical choice. And it really makes you feel a lot better with your food choice choices. So think about that with your takeout, whether you're taking it out yourself or having it delivered to you. I also think that it's important for us to be more vocal about these options in our workplaces and in our school environments and so on, that we should support people being able to fill up their water bottles and have takeout containers that are non-disposable and even having proper a ceramic dishes and metal cutlery in the workplace. This is a great way to educate your colleagues and classmates about alternatives and ask for change in our workplaces, schools, and institutions. So I encourage you to ask for water bottle filling stations at the drinking fountains, having those old drinking fountains replaced with those nice drinking fountains that can allow you to easily fill up your bottle of water is a great idea for many workplaces and schools. And this should really be encouraged. And we should also have the opportunity to have non-disposable dishes, cutlery, glassware, and so on in our work and school environments. We should be asking for that from our catering contractors, as well as from our employers. So those are some great examples of what we can do in terms of reducing the plastic in our lives. We have an enormous problem with plastic pollution. And so it really is on us to get to the source of the problem. And that is our day-to-day -day use of plastics, especially those single-use plastics. All right, so how do we tackle it? Well, first off, ask, do I need it? And that's an important step because very often we don't need it. We don't need that plastic Christmas decoration or other fashion jewelry or whatever item it is. First, ask the question, do I need it? Then we ask, is there an alternative like silicon straws or reusable containers? Then we should ask, if this is a single-use plastic, what can I do to avoid it? We really, at all costs, need to avoid the use of single-use plastics. They are incredibly damaging in the production as well as the end disposal of them. Then we need to just be really a lot more mindful of our purchases, all of our purchases, everything from toothbrushes to craft supplies to toys we're buying for children and all of that because there's so much plastic there and we really could be making better choices around all of our purchases.
then I'm going to encourage you to make sure that what you do use goes into the recycling bin if it's recyclable. And you can get the details on that from episode number 16. But for your local recycling, definitely check online to see what goes in the bin. Then I encourage you to aim for quality and durable products that will last. Don't just ask, can I afford it? But ask, do I feel comfortable with the environmental impacts of this purchase? And then finally, I think that we should be making our voices heard when it comes to goods that are overpackaged or delivered separately in too much packaging, as we're all getting a lot of online deliveries. And we need to let those companies know that we are not comfortable with the amount of plastic that they are using in their packaging and in their materials. So... Let me leave you with a few key messages from today's episode. First of all, we know that plastic pollution is a pressing issue that threatens our health, our environment, and the safety and quality of the foods that we eat. And we should also recognize that reducing plastic in our everyday life can actually be easy. We just need to look for non-plastic alternatives to the products that we're using next time we go and shop for more. And instead of striving to be perfect, we should really just focus on the small things that we can do every day that make a difference. With that, let me leave you with one final quote. And it comes from Anne-Marie Bono, the creator of ZeroWasteChef.com. And she says, We don't need a handful of people doing zero waste perfectly. We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. Well, wise words. Thank you so much for that. That's all for now. If you are interested in exploring these issues further, please do head on over to my website. It is christinahunterflourishing.com. That's Christina with a K. There you will find my green home guide as well as a sustainable well-being starter kit. And I encourage you to sign up for my newsletter. It's full of resources and inspiration and news from the flourishing community. And if you are looking for a great way to send a gift to a friend with cancer, please check out the unexpectedgiftbox.com. Finally, if you like what you are hearing, please leave me a review wherever you get your podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. I can't wait to talk to you again. Until then, live well green my flourishing friends. Bye for now.